1: Yeah. Welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show and we're coming to you from somewhere in Alaska and March came in like a lion didn't it, it just uh, lots of snow this weekend in Anchorage here eight inches of snow it was a really crazy day on Saturday with the Iditarod here but it was a really great weekend and then um, we had a lot going on this weekend I was at the uh, Americans for Prosperity grassroots training on Saturday then I popped down to Kenai for a big important announcement in in Kenai. And John, you're my uh, co-host there in Nikiski. Good to see you this morning. It looks like the sun's shining through for you too.
0: Oh yeah, it's uh, great, uh, beautiful weather out here in Nikiski, minus the fact that we still have, you know, four feet of snow on the ground where I live. So we're hoping that that evaporates quickly, but I'm very excited today. I won't ma- waste too much time telling people updates on the Kenai Peninsula because uh, Suzanne, I'll let you share with the with the great folks of Uh, Facebook land, who we got for a guest today. It's very exciting.
1: Well, that's kind of obvious there. Right here and on uh, Must Read Alaska show and on Facebook, we have the mayor of the Kenai Peninsula, Charlie Pierce. And we're really excited. Also, as it turns out, uh, the Pierce for Governor campaign is going to be our sponsor of our podcast. And that is really exciting. So uh, Charlie Pierce, he is the Results Not Rhetoric candidate for governor. We really appreciate you uh, sponsoring this podcast, Charlie, and welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, it's a pleasure to sponsor uh, the work that both of you do. you, you really get the the word out around Alaska, and I and it, it's greatly needed and appreciated. So, thanks for having me today.
1: Well, thanks for getting on this show so early in the morning. You know, um, Charlie, you you you're the mayor of the, the Kenai, and you've um, you're I think your term limited out now pretty soon here. And you um, took a look around and you said, you know what, I think the state could be run better. I think maybe um, maybe we could up our game here in Alaska and um, maybe we could uh, open things up a bit and get the economy going. And so you just, you decided in January to jump in. And then over the weekend, uh, as as everybody knows by now, you announced Edie Grenwald, who is an amazing Patriot and amazing Alaskan as your running mate. That was pretty big, exciting news for Alaskan conservatives. And now you're off and running as a team, the, the piercing and, and Grunwald ticket. Uh, well, tell me about, uh, tell me about what's going on in your campaign. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, I'm very excited about uh, um, 80 joining our team and, and being willing to run with us. You know, she's a very competitive individual and, and uh, very driven, and more importantly, I would say that uh, we picked a very, uh, we were able to pick a very accomplished individual, and uh, I'm excited about that. I look forward to working with her and having her as a partner in the in the decision making, the day to day decision making at the state level, and and uh, and again, it it was really the decision was driven by trying to be very sensitive to. Uh, the all Alaskans and what would be in the best interest of all Alaskans. And so, you know, typically you could call your call on your, your uh, Lieutenant Governor. And, and I, I've heard many, many, uh, a lot of hearsay out there on the street about, well, they never call you back or you never hear from them and it's pretty quiet. But uh, what I would like to do is, is maybe set a new course for uh, this position and for this uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor responsibilities and, and have uh, this individual or that position and the responsibilities be a louder voice for the people and serve the people at a higher level.
0: That's awesome. One of the um, things, Mayor Pierce, that I think people know you for over the last couple of years is your your response to COVID. Uh, Around the state, when uh, people were mandating mandates and mandating masks and telling everybody they have to get a vaccine or they can't go into the forever 21 at the diamond center mall without wearing a mask. Your stance seemed to be a little bit different. It seemed to be a little more pro cho- pro individual choice, pro freedom. Talk a little bit about, uh, where you stood with those COVID mandates and, and, uh, why your leadership approach was different.
2: Well, you know, I, it came. it really came down to, um, applying a little bit of respect and a little bit of responsibility and some level of expectation of us as individuals. And uh, I took the approach of saying, Hey, we're, we're all adults, right? We are adults. And, and I trusted the Alaskans for who they are. I think we're very resilient and very independent thinking people. And I, I think that I trusted too, that um, our, uh, residents would do the right thing, make good uh, decisions, make good choices, and and I think they did. I think they did on the peninsula. We demonstrated. You know, uh, we never wrote a policy in inside the borough that forced anyone to do anything. What we did is we followed CDC guidelines, those that we could get that tr- that we could trust, and uh, and uh, we applied those, and we encouraged folks to follow those. But then more importantly, we ask people to just be responsible. If you're in a tight spot, you're in a closed, confined area, um, be responsible. And, and uh, you know, remember, how many times do we tell, remind people, wash your hands, social distance, and, uh, um, and, and wear, uh, wear the mask when you need to. We provided masks at the door of our buildings. We never had any cases, uh, trace contacts of, of the, any cases internally in our building. And I think at one time we mentioned that, or we, we, we learned that you were safer at work than you were at other places. Uh, you can have all the rules you want at work. People are going to leave work and they're going to go out on the street and they're going to go out to the stores and they're going go, to continue to live life. And, and uh, really, I took a pro- an approach that uh, we're going to have to manage this thing and live with it. It's not going away. And uh, just be responsible. Yeah, as
1: it, as it turns out, you were right. It's not going away. We're going to have to live with it. And, uh, you know, it, it is going to be serious for some people. It is extre- It's going to be extremely serious. Now, I know you've, you've came down with COVID for a while. And, and actually, you were telling this story on a Saturday night. And you and, and your wife, Vonnie both got COVID. And you're kind of at home for about a 14-day period because of the overlap of, of, of your infections. And... Um, and I guess uh, at some point she finally caved and said, "It's time for you to run for governor." Tell tell me the story about that.
2: Well, you know, it was. A, I don't know that that was truly the decision, the ultimate decision. I had made a decision long before that that I was going to put my name in and 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 serve, try to serve the state. And, and uh, but you know, as it goes, you know, you 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 either retire and you do it well, and and or you retire and you. And perhaps you shouldn't. And and I would say that I'm probably fall in line somewhere between that. You know, there's days where I really, really enjoy being uh, lacking a, a, a huge schedule, and then there's days that I feel lost without one. So, uh, combination of those things. But I know that uh, my wife is uh, retired also, and and of uh, course she's uh, looking forward to that as well. So I'm sure there will probably be some uh, separate trips and and some responsibilities that I'll be taking care of where she won't have as many responsibilities, but uh, it's about balance and it's about uh, service above self for us. And, and uh, uh, for me specifically, I, I think that uh, um, uh, we need leadership in the state of Alaska and uh, I've worked with the best of the best. I've been taught by the best of the best and uh, I'm prepared and ready to take on the challenges uh, of Alaska over the next four years, and I look forward to those challenges. I, lo- I like challenge, you know. I like it. It's I thrive in that type of world, that environment. You circle yourself with very professional, and very capable people, and you can only uh, expect good results. And that's been my experience as borough mayor. And uh, when I was at Instar, I worked with. Uh, the best of the best too I've I've been blessed my entire life to be um, exposed to some very very good people and uh, you'll learn from them right
1: well yeah and, and you do have a, a long career in business as well as in public service so you tell us about your uh, your career at NSTAR I mean you you retired a few years ago, but you you had already served on the assembly at some point, there, correct?
2: I did. Uh, you know, I was the um, uh, the Southern Division Operations Manager for Enstar, and I did that for 28 years. And while doing that, I I uh, ran for office and uh, for the assembly. And from 08 to 14, 2014, I was on the assembly. And at that time, there were there were decisions being made that. I recognized that would impact the lives of the residents of the borough. And one of the things we commonly focused on even then was uh, property taxes, sales tax, uh, taxation. You know, And when I ran, uh, one of the things I come and one of the common traits that I've uh, discovered or paid close attention to, there seems to be a cycle in government where we spend, 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 and then we tax. We spend, 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 and tax no different at the state the difference at the state there's four or five uh, extra zeros behind every number uh, uh, between the borough and the state you know significantly different you know you're talking about billions of dollars versus about hundreds of thousands of dollars at the borough level and um you know i i can say that um there's a lot of little cliches little comments that you can make but you learn from them along the way and i'd like to think when john and i were together we worked smarter not harder it kind of had a, a, a slogan around the office, let's work smarter, not harder. Let's put technology to work for us and uh, allow us to be the best that we can be, be the best of the best. And uh, we've produced some awesome results at the Canaan Peninsula Borough. And You know, when I was at Instar, you know, I was a manager. And I would say that uh, one of the priorities I had as a manager was to make sure that my bosses and my bosses' bosses looked good. And, uh, you know, I, I there was a huge amount of effort and contribution made every day towards the uh, gratitude and appreciation for employees, making sure that they were successful too. And, and you know, it, I learned something very, very, at a, as a young man, I went to work at Instar at 18 years old. And I was 18 years old when I started at Instar. Wow. And, and it was a very family-oriented business. It was the the president, vice president's, uh, the managers the the supervisors, they treated all of the employees like family. Uh, it was small. we broke bread together, we celebrated our success together, we learned from our mistakes and uh, and you know we were constantly thriving to do good be safe remember we're in the we're in a natural gas industry, and that kind of stuff gets hot and burned sometimes yeah. and so you we were constantly very aware of the standard operating procedures. You know, I grew up in a world that was very, very structured and very driven. We were driven to uh, work safe, um, be safe, always be safe, and and to make money.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: those were the things that we did. and We did it very well.
1: Well, you know, that's something I've noticed about you, you are always lifting up people around you. You're a very inspirational person. You lift up All the people that work for you, you've been very encouraging to must read Alaska. We always, you know, if I ever want a kind word and a word of encouragement, I know that you will encourage me in a positive way. And you don't, um, you don't spend a lot of time running people down. I noticed that about you. That's very much part of your personality, which is probably why you pick up people to work with you in the borough who are a really good people. And they, they, um, they want to do well for you because you're such an encouraging, positive leader. So. Good on Thank you. you.
2: Thank you. Yep. You know, I, have worked for both styles of leadership. I've worked for leaders that I would tell you that I didn't want to work for every day. And, 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 you know, even back then I would, I would always say that, boy, I sure wish I had your job and that I could teach you how to treat people because it's important how you treat someone makes a difference. And so you're right. I won't spend a whole lot of time. When I run this, I ran a campaign with uh for, for mayor and uh, for the assembly and, I, and, and on the assembly, when I served on the assembly, when I serve as mayor, one of the things that I you, you will never hear me do is is take someone by first name and and kick him around the room. Um, I will attack the issues. I will be very, very pa- passionate and very, very clear about the issues. and I will defend you, your rights, my rights, and uh, I'll argue till the uh, I take my last breath, but I will tell you that I will never ever, um, attack you as a person, um, I will attack the issues.
0: So, uh, Mayor, one of the things I think um, politicians are great at, which I don't consider you a true politician. I consider you a business guy that happens to be in public service right. um, and a friend. But one of the things that politicians do is they, they promise the world. And that's one of the things I think you've been very strategic in, in not doing. You've Kind of said, look back at my work the last six years and take it for what it's worth. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like because I know that, you know, the last five years, pe- people on the assembly have wanted to raise the taxes, the mill rate, your property tax, and you've been successful. At most of the time, you've been outnumbered five, four, um, uh, liberal to conservative. And so, talk to me about how you've managed to be successful with not increasing the mill rate over the last five years when you've been outnumbered on the assembly
2: well if you recall when we took office we had a 4.5 million dollar deficit we were faced with and we the prior uh, mayor had left office and had proposed a a one mill increase that one mill is worth eight million dollars in in our local economy and that's something that i've always been very cognizant of is is that when you I will never, ever, every dollar that I could save, I took this position uh, and this philosophy and being the, the, on the assembly and as well as mayor, every dollar that we save uh, or that we're, we can conserve on is a dollar we don't have to collect. And every dollar that we can leave in your pocket as an individual, as a homeowner, as a, as a family unit, every dollar we can leave in your pocket, in your account, in your household, is a dollar that will uh, circulate in the economy that you'll use to thrive as a uh, in your own world, and uh, it circulates seven, eight times in our local economy, and it it helps us live uh, a better standard or a higher quality of life. And so, I've always been very cognizant about not wanting to collect or raise taxes as my first solution to resolve the the out of balances that you commonly see in government with your revenues and your expenditures. And so the short of the story is you're right. The mill rate is one of the things that they commonly go at. They, the the leaders that you elect, they commonly look at, well, we need revenue. Well, let's just roll the mill rate. Let's just roll the mill rate. And what I've said is, is no, let's put a hiring freeze on or let's put a travel freeze on or let's not uh, let's postpone that capital purchase or let's, uh, let's install uh, technology and or um, mechanical uh, heating, for example, in many of our schools, we've gone out to change the boilers, right? When you change a boiler and you put a high efficiency boiler in, you save energy costs, right? Those are direct dollars that then in turn go back into the budget. The school district, for example, we own the buildings, Uh, but they pay for the fuel costs to to keep them warm. And every dollar we could save, then in turn goes back into those budgets. And so we're constantly looking for those little dollar savings that you can find. And and of course, when I went into office, I was told you'll never do it. You'll never accomplish the end results. You might as well roll the mill rate. And so if you count the year, the eight months that I managed of the previous mayor's uh, budget that I inherited, and you count the six years that I will serve as as a mayor or have influence on, if I'm elected as governor, I'll leave early. I will not finish my term. I'll have one year that is where I will not be able to finish my term. But the table's set. The table, the budgets and the, and the schedules are already set through 2026. And uh, it looks like no mill rate increases are going to be required. In fact, I mentioned to you, uh, we'll make a determination, you know, some of the determination in it is, is that the school districts receive some federal funds that they're shoring up some of their shortages on or their, their, uh their, out of balance issues on. And um, so I want to be very careful that I don't get out ahead of it and shortchange them on the other side. I want to make sure that we have enough revenue to fund schools uh, as as close to the cap as possible, and and uh, uh, and we're doing that anyway. Those are the kind of decisions that you you focus on and that you make, and those are the kind of things that I'll do as governor too. We'll be we, we you'll probably see a hiring freeze and you'll probably see a travel freeze until I get a sense about uh, where the dollars are coming from and who's spending what in each department. And don't be surprised if you don't see some audits done in some of these departments as well. We'll do some we'll do some audits and. And you know, one of the things Edie's really uh, uh, um, eager to do is is to do a, um, a forensics, uh, get some uh, get some of the experts in there to look at some of these Dominion machines that we've used for our election process. Look at the voter rolls. Let's clean this stuff up. Let's get it so that you and I can trust that when we go into the ballot box that we're going to vote and our votes going to count. It's going to be calculated uh, equitably and fairly and without any Um, opportunities to uh, allow any corruptions uh, or any uh, alter uh, altercations to uh, occur
1: you know that's a really good uh, pivot point for discussing this rank choice voting environment that we're going into because we are going into a situation this year where we will have a primary ballot where the it's a kind of open primary it's called a jungle primary, everybody's on the same ballot. The top four will go to the November ballot where we'll then switch up and we'll do a ranked choice voting. So for voters, it's a big education process. It's not ideal because um, it's two styles of voting depending on which election you're in. People have to remember if they they try to rank the the candidates in, in August, they're gonna spoil their ballots and their ballots won't count. So then in November, you'll probably make it to the November ballot because you've, you're a pretty well-known name. You're a well-known conservative in the state. And the other thing about it is, is that you really do have a record that you're, you can run on. So h- how are you going to work this ranked choice environment?
2: You know, I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to behave like I'm in fourth place until I see the results. Um, I want to serve all Alaskans. I want to be the governor. I believe I'm the most qualified candidate uh, that has a track record of getting things done. That's one of the reasons I'm in this race is that I'm tired of waiting for leadership to show up and and to actually uh, follow through on uh, comments made during uh, election cycles. You, you're seeing it today. I've been to a number of meetings where uh, the first one I went to uh, this last week and and the candidates are already telling you what they need to do. And what I'm hearing is, is that there's a, let's put, let's give the university more money. Let's give the school districts more money. And, um, you know, I'm a guy that when I first hear that, but certainly I agree, we've got some problems. We've got a university that, that, that you know, 24, 20 I've heard here say 24, 25% of the people that go there never, uh, only graduate 25% that, uh, uh, accomplishment rate and then when you graduate the diploma that you get is not certifiable not accredited you know in many cases they're not even accredited so what it tells me is is that i mean why would i why would i send my children there to spend the dollars that we spend the high dollars we spend to educate our kids only to have them walk away with a with a diploma that's not certifiable what good is it it's not even worth the paper it's written on and so what we need is, is we need these quality control measures to stand behind. Where is the urgency in this state to fix the things that we've been talking about for the last 30 years? Where's the urgency? I, I don't see it. I see a lot of people being very, very comfortable and having this attitude, well, government will just take care of it. Government will just pay for it. And you know what? That's what government's doing. And government's fixing to take another 25% of your PFD to pay for the bills of the state. And I asked you as a resident of the state of Alaska, are you okay with that kind of results? It's lazy, it's lazy. And I can't help but say it. And I, I sit back and, and I would tell you that the places that I grew up and worked in, they would have fired you.
0: Yeah, you, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, swing in the private sector. You know, no, it doesn't. You so ask if the you're question. a candidate,
2: and so I sit here and I listen to these candidates, they make these promises. I won't make a promise to you as governor. Here's what I will say to you. And I did this as mayor. I never made any direct promises. What I did say is I will go in there and I will do my very best. I will go in there and produce results that we can all be satisfied and proud of. That's what we need to do. We need to start being first in something in Alaska instead of last in education highest per capita spending per student, and then produce some results. Where's the results? When did we start accepting um, close enough? When did close enough become the standard for us as people? And we're waiting for capital investment in our state. We're looking for economic development in our state. I was told by our governor that Alaskans have yet to see the best days of Alaska. Breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to hear hear comments made like that and then no follow through on it. Where's the results? Where's your results? You know, I got, we got a candidate and I couldn't help myself but to ask the question this last week and I was with a group of people. and One of the candidates said, yeah, I was in the legislature for 19 years and I couldn't help myself but to ask the question, did you ever get anything done? Alaska, we're rich in natural resources. We've got some of the smartest and talented, great, greatest, hardest working people that you'd ever, ever meet. And yet we're last in so many things. We can't even attract seniors to live here and retire here anymore. We're last on that list too. When, the, when will we, we need a leader that can wake up and put a little bit of fire in this state, create a little bit of excitement. I love what I do. I love saying what I need to say. And if it bothers you and it motivates you to get off your couch and actually go out and do something tomorrow, then I've done my job. And being in this race as governor, if I make the other candidates work a little bit harder to demonstrate some results, then I've accomplished what I set out to do in running running in this race. Alaska deserves better and we can do better. And I'm gonna be your governor I'm going to work hard every day to be your governor. And when I am your governor, I'm going to produce some results.
0: I love it. You know, one of the things, Charlie, that I can say that I've seen from you firsthand is that oftentimes politicians uh, blame everything on two things, people or money. And you are somebody who's came into the Kenai Peninsula Borough and said, I don't need more money. And you are about one of the most loyal people to your staff as they come Oftentimes conservatives will come in and they'll blame everything on the, the government staff and they'll throw everybody under the bus. And I think the proof is in the pudding where you uh, and your leadership style have come alongside and worked with the people in government to accomplish the goals that you want. And I think that go, that says a lot because um, it goes with your campaign slogan, results, not rhetoric. You're, right. you, you're less concerned of what letters behind somebody's name, more concerned about getting the job done. Right. So before we go, I want to give you one uh, final opportunity, Charlie, to uh, Mayor Pierce to talk about where people can find information on your campaign. What's your website? Are you on Facebook? What we kind of events these, do you have coming up this we week? We have These
2: little cards here and we're handing these out. And yes, we have a Web page and www.CharliePierceForGovernor.com. And then uh, Charlie at Charlie for governor.com is the Facebook. And my number, 907, this is my cell number. This is my personal cell number. And you can have it. And you can call me. 907-953-0006. Uh, you know, uh, my address is P.O. Box 408, Soldatna. And I've got a team of individuals that are uh, helping me uh, with this, with my campaign, and I can't thank them enough. Uh, you know, the folks that I work with every day at the borough—I'm still the borough mayor, and I'm working every day to make sure that uh, nothing changes there, that the, the the bills are paid, and the employees are smiling. And uh, uh, I love what I do. Um, I love the opportunity. Think about this. I'm humbled. To be at the age of sixty-three and have a family and friends that support me, and um, I mean it's very humbling and it's an honor uh, to be able to run uh, in one of the greatest states in this country, that uh, Alaska, and run for governor. Think about the responsibility that comes with that. I think about it, kind of shakes me a little bit. It uh, it's a it's a task that. Um, I'm gonna to need to learn a lot. i'm I'm up for the cause and up for the challenge. And uh, again, I'll circle myself with with the the most talented and capable individuals so that you can actually be proud of the state that you live in. We'll work on quality of life issues. We'll work on uh, revenue issues. We'll work on expenditures and get things balanced uh, or closer to balance if we can. And uh, it's not if we can, we have to. Uh, you know, lawful PFD. Follow the laws. We all took the oath of office to follow the Constitution of the State of Alaska and the United States Constitution and and the the codified things that are in our laws. And we need to follow the law. And I would tell the legislature that. Start following the law. You've been ignoring that. I'm going to encourage you to do the right thing. Always do the right thing. And uh, get up every day. Make your bed. uh, Get there early. Stay late when you need to. And uh, vote for Charlie. Uh, vote for this guy. Uh, A vote for this guy uh, will produce some results for you. Um, I'll uh, listen to the voice of the people and uh, we'll apply a lot of common sense, imagine that.
1: Well, you've surely done what you promised to do on the the Kenai, no mill rate uh, increase and you've kept that budget solid. You kept it free and open for business during the entire pandemic. You were always going on Facebook saying, we're open for business down here. Come on down to Kenai. We're living our, you know, the best life down here. We're living free. And John, I've got a beeping snowplow outside. So I'm going to have you finish off. I'm going to mute myself again because the snowplow is making so much racket. Okay, you take the show away, right?
0: Awesome. Well, if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, we thank you uh, for being a supporter. None of this happens without folks like you uh, giving a dollar $10 or $100 or whatever it is. So we are very appreciative of every, each and every supporter that we have. We want to thank uh, Mayor Pierce for coming on, and, and um, uh, you can check his campaign out at charliepierceforgovernor.com, and we want to thank the Charlie Pierce for Governor team for sponsoring this podcast. They'll be sponsoring not just this podcast that, that Charlie's on now, but they'll be sponsoring our whole podcast, which is very exciting. Uh, as of last week, we had the number two podcast in the government section in the entire United States, which is huge news for us. I mean, we're just, I'm in my son's bedroom on (laughs) on podcasts and the people that we're competing against have million dollar budgets and names like BBC, NBC, MSNBC, ABC. And so we're excited that everybody out there is listening and and we're appreciative. You can also download our app at, at the Google play store or the iTunes store. And you can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are located, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Um, so we appreciate for you for tuning in. And uh, we'll be on this, sh- well, there'll be another show Wednesday morning where we'll have a special guest. So until next that. So until next time from somewhere in Alaska, we are signing off. Thank you so much, Mayor Pierce, for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.